Tom Kearney on to his right foot and he cracks it home. Brilliant finish from Harrison Reed. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. And we are back again. It's a busy time and what a result we are here to talk about today. The 5-0 battering of Forest. Just hard to put into words exactly what this result means in a season that's been, I guess, a bit of a roller coaster so far to actually get a result like this and it seems like a return to the heady days of silver in the championship. Here to discuss everything we have. Elton, how are we going tonight, Dad? I am very well, thank you very much. And I'm very, very, very happy to be here. And you don't have to justify your hydration levels tonight because unfortunately we were without Sam. Um, had prior engagements, as in he was very tired. Um, so it's just the two of us to discuss this. But geez, there's a lot to talk about. Um, it was, like I said at the start, it felt like a return to those days of the championship where we were beating Team 7-1 and just walking over opposition sides. And what a game it was, Dad. Uh, it was, look, I, I didn't watch it live. I watched the replay. Um, I watched it in bed on very low volume um, to, so that your mother wouldn't wake up and uh, kind of ruin it, really. Um, but it, it was thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Like you said, back to felt like we were back in the championship. Um, it, it, it was fluent. It was confident. It was almost a bit cheeky from time to time. And it just, it, it just felt like we were going to score a lot of goals. I really, really did feel we, we're going to, I didn't quite, still didn't quite know where they were going to come from. But it did feel like we were on. We were absolutely on. Cheeky really is a, a good description as well because um, I think from what I could pick up, had it turned down quite low considering it was four in the morning when I was watching. But um, I could hear the olays and the crowd from about the 60th minute onwards, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is just uh, it's just fun. It's one of those games where you just wish you were there just for that atmosphere in the ground of of knowing that you – sort of comfortable in the game after 50 odd minutes the game was pretty much done and dusted um it's it's a weird feeling sitting here talking if we look at the first 12 games of the season um fulham scored i think 11 oh no sorry first 11 games of the season we scored 10 goals and in our last three games we scored 11 goals dad we spent most of this first part of this season talking about the fact that we don't know where goals are coming from and we were struggling to convert. What a change it's been in the last few weeks. And the answer is everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously uh, we, 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 we have to talk about Jimenez who has suddenly arrived and uh, good, good for him. Um, you know, the, the, there's more than relief written all over his face and uh, you know, we, we've we've given him a fair amount of stick, and I think it's been warranted. I don't think we've been unfair about it. Mm. And maybe his fortune is that Sil Silver really had very few options. He had one injury. Uh, he had a, a guy misbehaving that he probably felt he couldn't rely on. And so Jimenez became the default where in another universe he absolutely never, ever would be. And, um, you know, so Silva doubled down and backed him and it's kind of worked. But but just fantastic to see many people getting in on the act. Fantastic to see Iwobi finally scoring because we, we've been enjoying his performances thoroughly since he started with us. But one of the things that has been missing is that sort of final product. And there have been plenty of shots on goal that have gone bloody nowhere near it. And mm. it's 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 great to see him getting himself into positions uh, for fairly easy finishes. But he's you know he puts the work in, so he deserves to be there. No, really, really, really enjoyable, uh, if not somewhat of a relief. Yeah, it was a. It, it felt like a very all round performance. I think that was the most um, pleasing thing about this is the fact that 
it, it wasn't a, a standout performance from one player who played out of their skin and carried us through. You know, we, we spent um, a lot of time sort of being carried by players like Polinia. You consider the goals that he scored that keep us in games and the tackles he makes. And um, then you have those games where Willian has a blinder and scores a couple of goals and really drags us through. This was an all-round performance. I mean, the only person who really didn't have much to do was Bernd Leno. I think he had to make one save for the whole game, and that was pretty much it. And and that is something we're almost not used to because Leno often keeps us in games throughout mm. the, the whole season. So the fact that he was basically rarely required um, is... I've got, I've got just, utterly no complaints for that. <laughs> oh, it's, what, it's what you want. You don't want your keeper to have to deal with anything throughout a game. But to see players like... I mean, even Polinia didn't really have that much to do. He did what he does well, but really he, he wasn't required to make the crunching tackles he makes or break up play like he usually does because we were just so in control of the game. Um, do you think, do you think I, anyone, I guess, Jack, do you think anyone had a bad game? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I, I don't think you can say anyone did. I think... Um, and look, we'll get into it in a bit more depth. I reckon Bassi and Tosin, at the start, for the first 10, 15 minutes maybe, I felt like they didn't quite know where each other was on the pitch, were on the pitch. Um, I think were is better. Yeah, were is probably better. Um, they they seemed to get in each other's way a couple of times and didn't really know where to stand for passes. And I, I'd put that purely down to, I think this was Tosin's first start of the season. And Bassi's obviously been playing on the right side rather than his preferred left. Um, it took them a little bit of time to adapt to each other. But once they did, they were flying for the rest of the game. Um, and that was another really pleasing part of this performance. Um, I guess let's let's sort of jump straight into it. And as we go along, I think there's going to be questions that pop up. But um, let's talk about the, the first goal. And... Um, Really good to see a player like Iwobi who has had his struggles in front of goal. Um, I, I got a friend who's an Arsenal fan and a friend who's an Everton fan, and so they've always loved Iwobi, but his final product has always been an issue. He's not a, a, a high-volume goal scorer, and occasionally when he gets himself in a good position, he can, can be a little bit wasteful. But what a really assured finish from him for this first goal. He doesn't overhit the ball. He just places the ball perfectly across the keeper from a beautiful ball from Willian and a great way to open the scoring. Absolutely. It felt like the beginning of us really overwhelming them. Um, and we we looked like we did it fairly easy, but, but all good teams or teams playing well always make it look easy and look like the other team, uh, you know, struggling probably more than they even are. Uh, I, I just think it's so interesting how in the Premier League, other than a couple of teams, you know, most of the teams are not terrible teams. They just are either really missing a couple of key players or they're struggling badly with form or maybe not very well organised or, or just have their heads down and aren't playing cohesively. But it, it's really interesting that, I was really trying to look at Forrest and say, are they really that terrible? And I don't think they actually are, but I think their form is horrible at the moment. They're, they're not Luton, uh, you know, they're not Burnley. Jeez, they played like it. They played worse. No, I th- I, I actually, but I actually think they're better than that. Te- technically, I think they're better than that. There are a couple of little moments where I reckon you could see that they are. there is something there. But they are an absolute shit of a shambles at the moment. I think they've got a bit of a Leicester issue where they have talented players. And, and you know, we've seen it. They've signed uh, an abnormal number of players over the last two seasons. Um, you know, and the, the biggest one is looking at, like, that right-back position where um, – they signed uh, what's his face who, who played for us from Liverpool, Nico Williams. Um, then they signed another right back. Can't remember his name off the top of my head. And then they signed Ola Ina on top of that. And all up, just on the right back position, they spent fifty million across 
two seasons. Mm. Um, and they've done that in pretty much every position on the field as well. They've dumped so much money into this squad. And so there is a lot of talent individually, but they just don't seem to be playing as a team. And, um, you know, the Forest fans, as has been said multiple times by the media, they love Steve Cooper. He brought them back to the Premier League. He, he plays a fairly attractive style of football, but it's just not working for them at the moment. Um, and look, they, they were by far the worst team we've come up against this year. We've played Luton. We played Sheffield United. I think both sides looked better than Forrest did. Um, and I think Forrest are going to have some real issues if they don't turn that around. And I think the only way to do that is to sack, sack their coach. I, I can't mm. see them turning it around otherwise. Um, one thing I want to mention is in the lead-up to the Awobi goal, there's um, a couple of players who were brought into the side after the Liverpool game. Um, obviously, in that in that Liverpool game, we started with Harrison Reed and Harry Wilson. Um, Reed was swapped out for Tom Kearney, who we saw come on against Liverpool and, and make an impact, and uh, Wilson was left out for Willian. And look, both involved in the lead-up to the goal, uh, Kearney obviously with a beautiful sort of drop the shoulder and just created a bit of space to be able to lay the ball out to Willian out wide, who puts in the ball for the for the goal. Good decisions from Silva. We knew there was going to be some rotation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some might think that Harry Wilson was unlucky not to start because mm. he, he looks like he's coming into some form and he certainly looked, uh, you know, pretty bright in the last couple of games. But I I am loving Iwobi on the wing, and um, I thought I thought William did pretty well overall. He wasn't he wasn't blistering, but I thought he did pretty well, and I thought I thought Pereira had a good, had a really really good game. I thought he worked yeah, really I, hard. Actually. Definitely Pereira of old. We haven't seen that from him this season, but he really put in a very good performance. Uh, a couple of assists, and, and obviously for the second goal of the game, Jimenez's first of the of the evening. Um, it, it's just really well worked. It's a Wobi, it's Pereira. Pereira slips that little ball through, a very delicate pass through, and a really confident finish from Jimenez. And, you know, some could say he should score there anyway, sort of one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. But he's still got a lot of work to do. The keeper's coming out at quite a pace, and he puts it very confidently into the top corner. Was that a good sign for you, considering we have been on his back quite a lot over the last couple of months? It wasn't top corner. It was top netting. I top mean, bins. well, yeah, I'd say he put his foot through it very confidently. And a month ago, that's going straight over the crossbar. And, mm. you know, I mean... Uh, like you say, he did have a bit of work to do, so it wasn't it wasn't a tap in by any means. Um, but, geez, the look on his face—he was. I, I think his first goal a few weeks ago was relief, and now there's that little smile and smirk. Not a smirk—that's the wrong word. There's, it's a kind of little private smile to himself that he's he's just thinking, it's coming back. It's coming well, back. I think a, a few people said that he maybe shed a tear after scoring that first goal. Um, and, and it did almost look like it. He was very, very pleased to get that. And I think as well, knowing that it was 2-0 after 34 minutes, we were looking fairly comfortable in the game. And he's maybe looking at it and going, I've got this one off early. I know, like last time when he scored, he got subbed off immediately after scoring. Um, so scoring in the 34th minute, at least he knows he's probably got mm. minimum another 40 minutes in the game to be able to actually play out and mm. and play with some confidence. Um, but look, I, I think this is probably a good point to hold our hands up and say we've been, and again, as he said, I don't think we've been overly harsh, but we've definitely not held back in our criticism of Jimenez so far. Um, and I think we have to hold our hands up and say, if he performs like this week in, week out, he's a seriously great pickup for £5 million. And I don't think we're taking our foot <laughs> off the pedal here and, and saying, yep, all is forgiven and, yep, this has been a great signing because I don't think it, it necessarily has yet. But if 
if all he was missing was confidence and he's now regained that confidence through this performance, I think we will be okay. And I think he's probably got 10 goals in him this season at, at a minimum. I, I, I am very comfortable that I don't think we've been unfair. I think we've been very measured in our criticism of him because the key, the key KPI measurement, whatever you want to call it for a striker is scoring goals. I mean, mm. if you can assist everyone around you to score goals and they're all scoring bucket loads and okay, fine. You can come along for the ride as well. But, um, bottom line, he's got to score a hat full of goals and I'm not sure it's entirely confidence. I think it's actually form. Um, because maybe those two, are, I think they go hand in hand. Linked. Yeah, sure. But he's, he's got the skill to score goals, obviously. And mm. he's, the history tells you that, but it, it, it is interesting to see how, how kind of tragic it looks for a high quality player who just cannot finish it off. It's, it's, it's almost horrible to watch, you know, it's like a, 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 a really famous great actor fluffing their lines or just not being able to do it. It's terrible to watch. It's uncomfortable mm. to watch. And I, um, one thing um, I was going to mention before when Steve uh, Reynolds on the live stream, stream following along has beat me to the punch. Um, what I thought was absolutely wonderful and, you know, borderline heartwarming was the reaction of all his teammates when Jimenez scored. They are so happy for him that it's starting to happen yeah. for him. They, 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 it's it's more than a goal celebration. It's almost like a, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a relief. It's like it's the, relief. Yeah, it's the end of a therapy session where they're, yeah. they're just delighted for him because he's prevailed and he hasn't been broken by this. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and look, it's it's a like I said, a really good finish. It's what you want to see from your strikers and. I said it to you, I think it was tonight, actually, before we came online. Um, or I think it might have actually been just after you finished watching the game this morning. I said it's it's pleasing to see that this was the first game, I think, where we fully look like we no longer play the Mitro way, if you will. Hmm. We're not playing balls into the box that Mitro would get on the end of. We're not playing that style anymore. All of these goals were goals that would be scored um, or, or goals that we normally wouldn't have scored with Mitro and the team because we, we're aiming for that talisman. Now we're actually playing balls in behind for a speedy striker to run onto. Um, we're playing sure. crossfield balls that take advantage of um, Jimenez's strength, but also his speed as well. And, and I think maybe that might be a reason as to why Jimenez hasn't previously succeeded is we we still haven't fully adapted to the loss of Mitro. And and that's understandable because it takes time to change your your whole style. And and maybe now that we're starting to settle a bit more and we're starting to score goals and look a bit more confident and getting some points on the board, maybe things just start to flow from here. And we do see a big change in Jimenez because we've, we've seen a small one so far with him picking up some goals. Uh, now it's about consistency from him. Um, and I think if if we can see him score a couple more goals over the next few weeks, uh, we can probably say, "Yep, yeah, we were definitely wrong." And um, he he was in a blip. It was a long blip, but he was just in a blip. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you know, as you said, for for so long after Mitro's departure, our wingers would be trying to knock the ball into the box in the air for the the kind of missing Mitro to to get ahead on it. And we, we, you know, Vinicius can do that sort of, sort of thing, but he's, he's, he's not the same caliber of player. Um, and it, it was, I think it's very evident that throughout the game in, in the box, we are actually looking for that more intricate, um, style of play that actually breaks, breaks through and breaks down the, the, uh, you know, the defense. And I, I personally, it's more attractive football, really. I mean, it's, it's great to see those crosses coming in with a big, 
the big headers into into the back of the net. But it's actually far more exciting uh, to to watch your team well worked goals. break. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 much more entertaining, and 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 we're very very capable of it as well. We just aren't used to it. Mm. Um, half time two 0 up. Look, I, I mean, it was very close to to game over. I'd say Wobie um, went just wide around the fortieth minute. Um, curled one just wide of the post, but going in at half time two 0 up, it felt very much like it was pretty much game done and dusted. That first sort of five minutes after halftime, you always look at and go, it's a bit of a danger period. But Forrest sort of came out and didn't really do anything in that first five minutes. And it really was game over on the 54th minute. Jimenez with his second goal. And, Dad, I don't know about you, but I pretty much just started laughing when that goal went in because oh, you can't uh, look at it going, how good is this? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> He's always kind of had it in him, and and it's been fractionally frustrating that it's clearly his style to. He's got some flair. He's got some flair yeah, about he's a him. Flair you know, player. He, definitely, and I think he that that's what he enjoys doing without being too much of a show pony. That's he likes to be expressive and express himself. I mean, he would have looked like a twat if if he'd backheeled that and, and either kicked that into his own leg or missed the goal. He would have looked like an absolute oh, yeah. fool, no, yeah. but all all credit to him for doing that because what what that did it actually sparked something, it sparked a huge amount of confidence for us mm. to really push on and go right. We're going to get we're going to get a bunch of goals here, and it sort it of was created just... a sort of a bit of carnival atmosphere. Really, like you know, we're going to really smash these guys now. It, it it felt like the shackles just came off a little bit for me. You know, we've been so on Jimenez's back about him trying these stupid things and they're not quite working and him being out of form and everything he tries isn't coming off. And then all of a sudden he takes the ball down perfectly on his chest from a crossfield ball. He muscles Olaina off the ball. And we know Olaina is a decent defender. We saw him playing for Fulham in the Premier League a few years ago. He then calmly rounds the keeper um, for after a couple of good touches and then proceeds to backheel Rabona the ball into the back of the net when he could easily have just wrapped his foot around it and tapped it in. Um, it's just the, the confidence of the man. He gets absolutely cleaned up afterwards as well um, and just gets up and celebrates the goal. And you could just see on everyone's face, everyone's just like, yeah, this is probably... And I reckon they're saying this is the bloke we see in training. This is the guy we see doing this day in, day out at Motspur Park. Uh, and finally it's coming off. And everyone around him as well would be so happy about what they're seeing because it, it's, it affects the results. When you've got a striker up front who can score goals and has that confidence, it lifts the whole team because they know they can put the ball into him and he'll put it in the back of the net. So no wonder the rest of the team get around him and are just enjoying that moment because it's a, it almost feels like a bit of a turning point for our season, even though there's such a long way to go still, but it, it feels like it's this moment where we go, okay, we've, we've actually got a striker now. We didn't have one for the first 15 games of the season. Now we do, and we can play to his strengths and actually get some results off the back of that. It's, it's a really interesting thing for me that, <clears throat> you know, at the very top level, players have certain characteristics and they have certain very natural flair about their game. And there's just something they do very instinctively. You know, maybe Polini is a good example. You, you, you can't take the slide tackle out of the man. And if he was in terrible, terrible form, He'd probably be clattering people every time and missing the ball, but it would never stop him slide tackling because that's the way he plays. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, Bassey's got it in him as well. He's just, from, from time to time, you know, he just loves that long cross field, long ball, which doesn't always work if he's not having the best game, but you can't take it out of him. That's just the way he plays. And for me, Jimenez, He's got that sort of flair about him, and it just looks awful when his form is terrible. But but 
it, it, he can't really change the way he plays. He can't play conservatively. It's just not him. Um, it's, it's very interesting. I think Scott Parker had a word for it. <laughs> well, um, look, it's it was 3-0 at that point, game over. Um, uh, we made a, a couple of changes, I, I think, around the 60-minute mark. Um, and then the fourth goal goes in, Iwobi with his second goal. And it felt fairly similar to the first goal. Obviously, this yeah. time it's Harry Wilson assisting from the other side. But it's Iwobi in the right place at the right time, getting in at the back post, putting the ball calmly into the back of the net. Again, not trying to overhit it at all, just passing the ball into the back of the net. And a really good finish. And again, another really well-worked move from Fulham to go 4-0 up. Um Game over at seven. I mean, the game was over at the 54th minute, really, but really nailing the coffin in the 73rd. And then finally, Tom Kearney finally gets uh, a goal that he was so deserved. Uh, I don't think he'd, I think he'd scored in the cup this season, but not in the league so far. Um, um, an error where the ball's given away, it bounces off Pereira into Kearney's path. They play a lovely one, too, as the defender tries to make an intercept. I think I'd counted, and it was four Fulham players on one forest defender Kenny just stutters takes his time waits for the keeper to sort of overcommit and slots the ball calmly into the back of the net and just great to see a reward for Kenny after a couple of really good weeks of performances and him actually getting a bit of a run in the team yeah definitely um i thought i thought he had a really really solid game um perhaps not you know he didn't superstar, but I thought he was once again really integral. And we, I, I, I just love seeing Tom Kenny score. He enjoys scoring goals. It gets the crowd going because everyone loves TC, and and I think the team love him scoring as well. Yeah. Well, one one thing that I, I, I want want to believe, is that this bit of confidence and flair that Jimenez. Is kind of leading. I I have a feeling that it could unlock something in terms of confidence in Harry Wilson um, and also Pereira, who loves yeah. intricate uh, flair-like play. I saw I saw a couple of little very expansive tricks from Pereira, which. Mm. You know, if the team's not playing well and you're not a few goals up, no one's going to do that stuff. But they've all got the capability to do that. And I just like where this is going. Well, I was going to say, I think it actually, it's not just um, Pereira, it's or Wilson rather, it's everyone across the, that front sort of section. You look at Willian, who's an incredibly technical player. Um, Tom Kearney is so good with the ball at his feet. Iwobi, you can see yeah. he's got a few tricks up his sleeve as well. These guys, they, they all feed off confidence. They're confidence players. Uh, I think every professional footballer is a confidence player. And um, I, I think when your man up top has that confidence, it's just going to filter down through the rest of the side. Um, look, a, a really good all-round performance. A, a few sort of questions that pop up off the back of this, and um, these actually come from Sam, who, like I said, is unable to join us tonight, but... I did ask him to to put together a couple of questions for us to discuss. Um, the first of these I'll throw to. Um, we haven't really talked about it much because we haven't really needed to, but uh, a clean sheet for Fulham. I think it's um, uh, it was a really good performance at the back. Tosin and Bassey obviously partnering together for the first time. Your thoughts on where we sort of go from here? And Sam's question itself, um, well, slightly reworded, but... After Tosin and Bassey's clean sheet against Forrest, what is the future of our centre-back pairing? Well, one, one thing I have to say, <laughs> I always smile at myself because I know you guys love to jump on me about my uh, being very vocal and outspoken about some of my frustrations with Tosin over the years. I thought he looked great. Uh, it was mm. possibly one ball he played out to Paul. it could yeah. have been it could have been to uh, Polinia that didn't quite come off but overall he was confident he was crisp he was really really commanding actually and I love the combination with with Bassey 
Um, mm. I don't know where his head's at and whether he truly wants to leave Fulham. Probably still does. But I, I would love him to form a view that he wants to be with the project because he looked really, really good. I, I'd, I'd take an inform Tosin over Issa Diop. Um, and I, I think these two guys, the only missing piece for me in that back line was obviously Kenny Tete, but I, I, mm. I thought, I thought those guys looked really, really rock solid and creative. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we've mentioned Tim Ream a few times over the last couple of weeks and, um, I, I love Tim Ream, but I think I'm just starting to see little instances where, um, He's just maybe fractionally out of his depth. Um, great as a backup option off the bench, but playing week in, week out and forcing our other centre-back out of position because of it uh, hasn't really worked for me. And look, if if the answer here is a rotation where um, Ream rotates out of the side for Bassey to come in and they rotate through that position, I think that actually could work quite well because I think Bassey playing on the right it just isn't fully clicking for me. And so having Tosin come in on the right-hand side instead of Bassio, I'd be absolutely fine with, especially as Reem and Tosin have a very good understanding across a couple of seasons together. Um, I know Silver post-game said that he wanted Tosin to sign a new contract and they had been trying to discuss it. And I think there's a little way to go still. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, Tosin and Bassi, they seem like the future of our centre-back partnership. Um, they're both, you know, a, a little bit younger, a little bit more physical, both very good on the ball, uh, both very good in the air, both very strong. It, it's, it, it just seems to make sense to me. Um, and so I think this was the start, I hope, of our centre-back pairing for the rest of the season, although I think there will still be some rotation before we fully settle on anything. Because like we've said before, it's not just Tim Ream's performances. It's the the leadership that he brings to the field, the the influence on the back line. But it was great to see Tosin out there. A few people mentioned, you know, he was shouting at the defenders, making sure they kept their shape, shouting at fielders, making sure they're in the right position. So having both of those guys on the field worked really, really well for me. And as I said, I think they're a little shaky at the start, but once they sort of got used to each other, geez, it looked like they'd been playing together forever. And we really, the only chance that Forrest had was uh, one accidental poor pass and a bit of a slip that uh, opened up a hole for Forrest to run into. So I, I think those two, for me, are the future of our centre-back pairing. There we yeah. go. <laughs> no no further comment. Um, next question from Sammy. Um what changes would you make to the starting lineup who played against Forrest to take us to the next level? Well, as I mentioned before, the obvious missing one, which which didn't uh, didn't overly surprise me that Kenny Tete was rested. He looked like he looked like he was pretty tired at the end of uh, what was it, maybe eighty minutes against Liverpool, uh, and obviously his first. Um, game for quite a while. Um, uh, you can only you can only say, uh, having not played him, it was a great decision to uh, to 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 rest him because we've got another game obviously this weekend. But he, as much as I really do like um, uh, Castagna, I I much prefer Kenny Tete, and I think that would be a really tasty back four. Um, you know, with with um, Tete and Tosin, Bassey and um, Robinson on the left. And, you know, you have to give a shout-out to Balatore. I think he didn't didn't have much of an outing, but he, he certainly mm. didn't look out of place. He looked, he looked pretty lively and pretty handy. I guess outside of Tete, because Tete is the obvious choice anyway, um, are there any other changes you'd make, you know, looking at the team that started, we had Kenny alongside Polina with Pereira in front of them, Willian 
Iwobi out wide and then Jimenez up top. Do you, do, would you make any changes there or do you think it's it's purely well, Tete? <clears throat> no, look, um, uh, I think a lot of people have doubts about Tom Kearney's uh, defensive grit. Um, but I, I, I thought he worked very hard defensively last night. Maybe, maybe he didn't have that tough a job to do. And it wasn't exactly Man City running at him, but I thought I thought he he worked very hard, and I really really liked him alongside Polinia, and obviously Pereira had a really really good game, and I I, I do prefer Pereira in that position as opposed to Wobi. I I like Wobi out wide. Uh, I I certainly wouldn't be begging for Harrison Reed or Lukic. In preference to Tom Kearney, I, 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 I like that lineup. I think it really depends on the team we play against as well. I like in a in a game where we're looking to win, uh, and I, I, admittedly we should go into every game looking to win. But in a game where you know we we should be considered the favourites, I'd like to see Kearney start every time. Uh, in games where we're potentially going to be overrun a little more in midfield. I think Tom Kearney doesn't quite work there. Um, and it, sure. it's nothing against his grit or his, his engine or anything like that. I just think you need someone like a Harrison Reed to run in and make those tackles a little bit more often and just give Polina a little bit of extra, uh, extra support, if you will, in that role. Um, but for me, I'd, I, I would actually probably stick with it and, I think what you lose defensively by having Tom Kearney in the team, we gain so much offensively. And I think Polina is a good enough player to cover for Tom Kearney. And I also think our defence seems to be coming together a little bit more um, and starting to look like a defence that can handle most situations anyway. So my my only potential changes there would be... Um, I quite like seeing Willian coming off the bench late in a game just because tired legs, seeing him taking on defenders in the 70th minute when he's fresh off the bench and has that little extra half a yard on a defender, I think causes more issues than him starting sometimes. I think Harry Wilson's yeah, been really cool. good. And I, I'd, I'd love to see Harry Wilson get a run in the side because – I'm actually a big fan of his. I think he's been doing some really good things. Um, and he's unlucky not to get a bit of an extended run in the side. Hard to drop someone like Willian, who's in good form at the moment. But if there was anything I'd do to just take us to that next level, I think it would probably be bringing in Harry Wilson. Um, and I think we're in a position now where it seems like we can actually rotate a little bit more anyway. And so I don't think... I don't think having Willian starting every game is that important anymore. I don't think we're so reliant on him that we need him to start every game. I I think it is remarkable, and and this is, you know, through no fault of our own that we've had problems at the back this season up to now. These players, we we know the calibre of all these players, and, and Castagna's come in and really impressed. Bassi's come in and been incredibly impressive. And, you know, Bassi's had to play out of position, Balatore's there as well. But it's been incredibly um, unbalanced because everyone's playing out of positions. We've had some nasty injuries, not notwithstanding the fact that, you know, Tim Tim Reams probably got some issues, some aging legs that we're dealing with as well. But, I, I, I you know, I think it's it's hard to overestimate the effects of that problem that we've had at the back on the whole team's performance. Because I, mm. I think missing Kenny Tete, I've said this before, I think he has a, you know, a, a really big effect on our, our performances. He's, he's, oh, yeah. you know, what, what he provides, you know, obviously Castagna is a good defender and he works hard. He makes a lot of runs upfield. Kenny Tete is something a bit special. And I think when you, you haven't just don't got really that... realize it until he yeah. he was out for a couple of weeks and um you saw him come back against uh 
um, was it against Liverpool? He came back, and just the tackles that he's making, and you're just looking at it, going, "Geez, I've missed this," it, mm. and you don't even realise it until you don't know what you got till it's gone. Please, they should make a song like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're getting to the stage now where we're starting to see a more settled starting eleven, and it feels like we could see a handful of rotational changes only from here on out and not huge sweeping changes week in, week out. Well, I I think perhaps what we're saying is that we always knew that <clears throat> we've added to the squad, other than Mitro going out the door, we've added to this squad, and and it it, it hasn't clicked. Um, and so we always knew we, we actually, they had it in them. And if you if you just allow yourself to dream for a moment of, you know, an, another really high quality midfielder being introduced mm. and an and a absolutely world-class striker and ma- maybe another winger into the mix suddenly you know this this is a very very interesting little squad mm. oh definitely 100 percent um Let's have a look at the stats from the game Fulham holding 64 percent of the possession. Uh, to Forest 36, 14 shots with six on target for Fulham, four shots with just the one on target for Forest. Fulham made 700 passes to Forest's 401, six corners to one for Fulham, and seven fouls to Forest's 10. Let's take a quick look now at the league table. And I tell you, the biggest thing about this game for me is the five-goal swing and goal difference and what a difference that actually makes. Uh, I remember looking at Wolves and thinking, geez, they're only a few points ahead of us, but we'll always be sitting behind them because our goal difference is terrible at the moment. And all of a sudden, in the last three games, we've managed to pick up plus six in goal difference. Plus six? No, plus five in goal difference. And all of a sudden, leapfrog Wolves because of it as well. Um, it's, It's a really positive thing towards the end of the season, especially if you can get yourself into that positive um column effectively for goal difference you don't really want to see big negative numbers if you look at teams like Forest and Bournemouth who have minus 11 minus 12 Burnley with minus 18 if it gets tight at the end of the season you don't want your position in the league to be decided by goal difference so important goals there but also the points we now sit just one point behind Chelsea and Brentford who are in 10th and 11th place Fulham sitting level on points and goal difference with Wolves um, both teams have 18 in 12th and 13th. Palace in 14th place and Bournemouth in 15th place both have 16 points. And then there's a bit of a gap there to Forest on 13, Luton on 9, Everton and Burnley on 7. It's opened a nice little buffer now for us. We are nine points ahead of Luton, who sit just outside the relegation zone, uh, and 11 points ahead of Everton and Burnley, who are in the relegation zone at the moment. It's it's like I said, when we covered the uh, the Wolves game, we were talking about us being in a bit of a relegation dogfight just a few weeks ago. And now it feels like we're kind of ahead of par. You know, you're wanting to get a point a game. We've now got 18 from 15. We've got winnable games coming up when we have to play against Burnley. We have to play against Bournemouth. There's obviously some tough ones in there as well. But, Dad, does it feel like the the tables have turned a little bit for us and we're now in a position where we can look further up the table rather than looking behind ourselves constantly. Well, well, definitely. And and I think more importantly, I, I'm getting the feeling, and it always, it always felt like we were close with just the smallest of things missing uh, to turn this around. But I'm now feeling like, you know, Palace, Brentford, Chelsea, well, maybe Chelsea a little bit different, but certainly Brentford, Palace, um, I I don't have any fear playing against these sides, um, and that's important because if we can just get you know a little bit above that and get ourselves into around tenth position, I think that's kind of where we actually belong. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, based on the way we've played over the last couple of seasons, we feel like sitting around. 8th to 13th seems to be our sort of zone. And if we can just hover in that zone for the rest of the season, I think it'll be a very good one. And the the 
benefit of hovering in that zone is you get a couple of good results and all of a sudden you start pushing for those European places. Uh, we play West Ham uh, this weekend and just having a quick look at the rest of the table, which I don't have up on the live stream, unfortunately, but West Ham are on 21 points sitting in ninth place. Um, I think with the changes to European qualification this year, it's possible that the top nine in the Premier League will actually get into Europe this season. Um, and we're just three points behind West Ham, who are in ninth. So we're actually all of a sudden pushing towards that top half of the table. And, and we're only seven points behind Brighton, who are in eighth. Like these aren't ridiculous gaps that we're going to have to overcome to keep pushing up the table. But more importantly is is now that we're looking up rather than down. Um, I feel well, like we've definitely turned that corner. If we believe, if we can convince ourselves that the Khans are going to make good on what must have been a promise to Silva to spend some money in January and, 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 and get that midfielder, get that striker, maybe a sprinkling of some other magic, we're just looking for this team to perform consistently well, a little bit like we've done over the last three games. And if we play like we've played over the last three games with no additions, we should be in in 10th position, there or thereabouts, by the time end of January comes along, right? Yeah. And if we, if we get the players we hope to be getting um, – well, maybe Europe is very much in our sights. And who'd, who'd yeah, have thought uh, we'd be having that conversation a month ago? I mean, it is, it's in our sights. It might be a fair way in the distance. No, it's, but no, it's doable. It's definitely, no, I, it's it, definitely within our sights. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and look, if you, if you have a look at our upcoming fixtures, it, it's quite possible that we pick up points against West Ham points against Burnley, points against Bournemouth, we could potentially pick up nine points from the next um, next four games. You've got Newcastle in there as well. Pick up nine points, all of a sudden you're on 27 points from 19 games. You, you're looking very comfortable at that point um, and, and definitely pushing up towards sort of eighth, ninth in the table at least. Um, I think the big thing that we need to see from this Fulham side is the ability to take points off the top six or the top eight, if you will. Um, and we saw it against Liverpool. We saw it in games against Arsenal, games against Man United, where we've looked the better side and we just can't get results. We really do need to start taking points off those big teams because that's currently what's holding us back. we got Newcastle, Arsenal and Chelsea to come um, as three of our games in, out of our next six games. It would be great to see us pick up, you know, a win from those those three, uh, and just see us push forward and and not have to always beat the teams around us and below us to survive. I think we need to start picking up points from elsewhere, um, because if you slip up against the teams around you, they leapfrog you. If you start taking points off the teams above you, we really continue to actually challenge and push forward. Um, Having a quick look, finally. Uh, no, actually, not finally. That's about it. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to mention about the um, the game against Forest, or, or maybe we can actually have a very quick chat about the West Ham game. We're obviously playing them on Sunday. As I said, West Ham currently sitting ninth in the league, um, just the three points ahead of us. They've had a fairly good season, although they're a little bit up and down with their results sometimes as I think West Ham have been for um, a number of years. They go on these really great runs and then they have um, terrible performances. Um, looking at their recent results, uh, a one-all draw with Crystal Palace on Sunday, um, a 2-1 win against Burnley, a 3-2 win against Nottingham Forest, a 3-2 loss against Brentford and a 1-0 loss against West. Ham, uh, sorry, against Everton. Um, how do you see this game panning out and do you think the cluster of three games within a week is going to be uh, maybe a bridge too far for us? Well, I think um, we, we, we're starting to turn a bit of a corner in terms of, um, what's the word, recovery from injury and availability of players. Um, you know, we have the luxury of resting Kenny Tete after he had a, a 
pretty hectic game for a first one back. But clearly, he'll be ready to go uh, on the weekend on Sunday again. We've got, you know, if, if, if Robinson ran out of gas, and he, he's probably a bad example because he never runs out of gas. One thing he does have is an engine. But if if he absolutely did run out of gas, I'd be totally comfortable for Balatori to come on for 15 minutes. You know, if, if say, for example, um, <clears throat> TC starts with Polina on the weekend and we have to switch it out to Reed or Lukish, perfectly happy. You know, so we, we, we have got some options now. And what I really liked about the last couple of games is that it seems that a number of players are starting to hit a bit of form. Um, I, I don't think we have that luxury up front. We don't have we, – we, we barely got a striker starting to, to perform. And I don't know that I'd be comfortable saying, oh, if Jimenez is having a howler, Vinny will come on in the 50, 55th minute and absolutely dominate. I, I, I don't feel that is happening. Sure. Um, but but in as much as that game a few weeks ago against Wolves was a really important milestone and a test for exactly where we were in this season, I feel like a game against West Ham now is a really good yardstick for how we actually just just how much our form has changed and improved mm. because if we and, can beat west ham and i and i totally believe we can then uh, i feel like we're really tracking well so i'm i'm really looking forward to that yeah and look west ham um as Colm has said on our live stream here as well west ham actually play tonight uh which is thursday night they have to follow that up with a game against us on Sunday. So they have a very short turnaround. Uh, it's also not an easy game for them. They're playing against uh, a Spurs team who are going to give them a, a, a decent little run, I think. Um, you know, the Spurs team have been great so far this season. Um, West Ham play a very counter-attacking style of football. Um, I think that's something that we actually handle quite well most of the time. We've got a lot of speed uh, going back in Robinson and Tete, who both will be able to cover that West Ham counter. Polina obviously is is one of the best interceptors and one of the best tacklers in the Premier League, possibly in European football at the moment. So I think West Ham's style actually suits us quite well because that's how they like to attack and score their goals. Um, and they, they have quite a low line of engagement. So um, I, I think we actually stand a bit of a chance against West Ham and a point there leading into what will be a tough game against Newcastle, but then two very winnable games against uh, Bournemouth and Burnley could really set us up nicely for a, a little run into Christmas. Um, mm. So uh, it's, it's going to be, I assume there's going to be some rotation. I wouldn't be overly surprised to see Tete come in. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tim Ream come back in and same with uh, potentially Harry Wilson and, maybe Harrison Reed or someone along those lines just to to rotate more than anything. Um, but I, I think we've got a very good chance going into this game. I, I'm I'm fairly confident we can get a result out of it. Maybe not three points because West Ham we know are, are a good side, um, but definitely taking something away from this one. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking for three points. I mean, I'm always looking for three points. I'd love three points. Um I, I, think I think there's, there's some. There. I think there's some justification to it. I think I think our form's really good at the moment. Our confidence is sky high, mm. and I, I I do think we've got. I think we've got the manpower to uh, to take three points. Yeah, well, we will definitely soon find out. The game, obviously, against West Ham on Sunday, uh, another Sunday afternoon game for us. So, uh, again, another game I'm really looking forward to because I think this is going to be a tight game, but exciting based on the way we're currently playing. Um, and, and based on the way West Ham play, they, they push forward. Um, they, they like to attack on the counter. And I think we're going to see a bit of an end to end game for this one. Uh, it's 2 PM kickoff on Sunday. So um, yeah, very much looking forward to that one. Um, 
let's change it up a little bit. Let's talk about the under 21s. Um, now they played, I think it was Friday night or Saturday, it might have been against Wickham Wanderers. This is in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. Worst name for a trophy there is. It's the old EFL Cup. Um, Fulham obviously made it out of the group stage for the first time ever, I believe, um, through to the next round, playing against the Wickham Wanderers side who are sitting sort of lower mid-table in League One, but still uh, obviously a well-established club and, um, you know, not a League Two side. This is a side who are doing quite well and sort of pushing for potentially moving into the championship in the next few years. Uh, obviously, we didn't quite get the result, but a really good performance against um, what what you could call high-quality opponents at this level. Um, and good to see our under-21s basically playing at the level of um, most League One clubs, which is kind of what you want to see. And I think it's it just proves that the pathway is is working where these guys can, like Godot has this year, go out to a League One club and be successful. And then the season after can go to a championship club and be successful and then be ready to take that step up to the Premier League. Um, goals from Ollie O'Neill and Asenga, who I, we actually name-checked in the last podcast. I think he's only 16 years old. Scored his second goal for the season. Um, uh, but unfortunately, like I said, un- unable to actually close the game out. Um, one of the Wickham goals from Taylor was an absolute screamer as well from memory. So, um, uh, Dad, disappointing to go out? Or do you think this is all just part of the experience for um, what is a very strong under-21 side? Well, of course, it's disappointing. Oh, they'd, they'd have high hopes. But as you have described, you know, it's... It's 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 not actually uh, a, a sort of one of their peers that they're playing, so it's a really tough challenge for them. And I think it's there's there's no shame in this in this result at all. It's uh, an op- opportunity to, to to learn against a very decent opposition. Absolutely. And um, look, the under twenty ones will be returning to league action fairly soon. Um, they're obviously sitting third in the league at the moment, having a really good season. Um, we hope that this result is effectively just a blip and doesn't affect the league form too much. And this team continues to push forward, keep scoring goals and um, hopefully bring home some trophies at the end of the season. Um, moving on to the Fulham women's team, another cup competition. This is the combined counties football league cup. Um this was a, an interesting lineup put out from Fulham. They effectively put out a mix of the under-18 side and the first 11. Um, so the team that we saw um, playing against Arsenal at the Cottage and a mix of some of the youngsters who are obviously um, impressing at the youth level. Uh, a 1-0 win for Fulham against AFC Croydon Athletic. Um Look, a, a good performance, and it's what you want to see. AFC Croydon obviously putting out a full-strength team, and the fact that our mix of senior and under twenty ones, uh, sorry, under eighteens players, can actually put in a good performance and get the win and move through to the next round of the cup is, you know, just a, a really positive thing for this Fulham side. And it's it's good to see that there's some development coming through from the youth ranks, and we're not just focusing on signing players from other clubs to try and move us forward. I wonder who sits around these tables and says, do you know what we need? It's another cup. I think we need another mm-hmm. cup, another cup competition. It just even at the lowest levels, there's so many cups. Unbelievable. It It is, but think of it as a wonderful way to be able to bring home some silverware at the end of the season. Yeah, sure, sure. Who Who doesn't want to do that? But... I, I, you know, there comes a point when you when you're on a mission like the women are, and it's really, really tight, and there just there's no margin for slip ups or error. You really want to just kind of bat a lot of this stuff away and be really stay focused. On well, I think that's the that's ahead, the benefit though as well. Uh, that is the benefit though of of playing um, a, a combined side and effectively putting out an eleven with a mix of sure. some of the younger players. And and again, it, we, I don't think there were many players who started most games in the first 11 either. Um, Frankie Gibbs started in goal. Um, Bird at right-backs made a couple of appearances. 
Uh, McNee, I think, is coming back from injury. Mia Attaway has come back from injury. She obviously scored as well, which is a great way to return. Uh, apart from that, th- those are sort of the the first-team players who are playing semi-regularly, but it, it's more a chance to um, get some minutes into the legs for some of those players who maybe play more of a rotation role within the squad and also bring some of the under-18s into that side as well and um, give them the experience of playing alongside the first team. So, um, uh, look, for, for me, I think I, I agree there's a lot of cup competitions and I think if you're trying to focus on getting promoted out of the league, it, it can potentially lead to being a distraction. But if we approach it in the way that Steve Jay and the team have approached it in mixing up the lineup a bit and actually giving some experience to younger players and um, sure. getting sure. some rotation into some of those squad players as well. It actually works out perfectly. Um, and look, a, a good win, move through to the next round. It'll be I'm not sure when the draw for the next round is, but we'll definitely keep an eye on that and share it on our socials when that does come through. Um, that's actually it for us. It's funny how having Sam unavailable keeps us to a, a very tight and solid hour rather than the usual hour and 30 minutes we get. Um, but look, there was a lot to discuss. This was a, one of the most exciting games we've seen Fulham play in a, a couple of years. And it was great to see a number of goals flying in from um, players who I think are, are going to slowly but surely become cult heroes at Fulham. Um, Dad, was there anything else you wanted to say before we finish this one up? Yeah, look, uh, apart from the fact that who doesn't love five goal, goals and a clean sheet, um, I think it was the manner in which we went about it and mm. the confidence that is oozing out of this squad. And I think um, I think that they're, they're all starting to believe. I, 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 it's very exciting for me because it it's pretty drab, you know, looking at this stuff week in, week out and just thinking, yeah, this is not a rubbish squad and they just can't do it. What is it that's not making this happen? And you're, you're begging and begging for it to turn around. And it's it's just so good as a, as a fan uh, when um, it starts to, to roll. And uh, so I'm, I'm suddenly uh, 100% more excited than I was a couple of weeks ago. So you should be. Um uh, one thing that we did forget to mention, and thanks to Steve Reynolds, who I think is now applying for a job as our admin assistant, um, <laughs> the FA Cup draw. Fulham drawn at home against Rotherham in the third round of the FA Cup. That fixture is taking place on the 6th of January. I believe that'll be a 2 p.m. kickoff. Um, I think that's a Saturday as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's look, it's a good draw for Fulham. Rotherham, obviously, down the leagues. Um, we should expect to see a bit of rotation. Maybe we'll see some of the youth players playing that game as well. And um, uh, it all, also depends on how we go when we take on Everton in the League Cup semis as well. Semis? Um, League Cup quarters, rather. Because um, I think if we're going deep into one of the Cups, we might put a little bit more weight on that rather than going deep into the FA Cup at the same time. Um, but, yeah, look, a, a fairly good draw for Fulham. I think it's a bit of a nothing draw, to be honest. Um Rotherham aren't exactly flying high at the moment. So um, a home game against them, you'd expect us to be able to walk through fairly easily onto the next round. And um, hopefully we get a minnow pop up or um, have some sort of interesting away day off the back of the FA Cup. And uh, we can enjoy that one a little bit more than a visit from Rotherham. No offence, Rotherham fans. Um, Jeez, I'm going to get panned for that if people listen this far. Um, I think you're safe. I think we're safe from Rotherham fans. Um, watch someone clip that now and post it up. Um, <laughs> let's finish up there, Dad. Thank you for your time tonight, and uh, thanks for enjoyably discussing what was a really exciting game, a really enjoyable game. I'm so glad I managed to actually set my alarm and wake up at three twenty in the morning to watch this one. It was no, 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 100%. no, no. It was, it was so much more enjoyable at six forty-five after a full night's sleep, Jack. Promise you. You say that. You, had, you say that. You had no. You had no choice. Your daughter probably woke you up. She did. But you say that it was great <laughs> watching it live. I, I really, yeah, I really sure did enjoy was. seeing those goals go in. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to West Ham on Sunday. Um, 
uh, hopefully we get together and watch that game together again and uh, see Fulham bring home another three points. So, Dad, thank you again for joining us tonight. Yeah, pleasure. Really enjoyed the chat. And as always, come on, you whites.